0: Georgia is really a Republican state. So why do they continue to elect these radical Democrat senators? It's not organic. This is something that we can specifically say has been cheated. Welcome back, everyone, once again to another episode of Red Pill News. I hope you guys are having a lovely day. We are looking at November 14th, 2022, and the results from the election are still not complete. They have continued to roll in over the weekend, and wouldn't you know it, they seem to be favoring Democrats in areas where we were hoping to finally pull it out. If there's one good thing to come out of this election, it's that there is absolutely no dispute that these people have total control over every aspect of our election. So the only question is, what are we going to do about it? We'll go ahead and talk about that at the top of the show. Then we're going to be looking at some documents that popped up over the weekend, which seem to imply, at least some people were saying they did, that Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, and Dr. Anthony Fauci, somebody who he has no love for, are in the business of diamond mining together. Well, I've figured out exactly what's going on, and trust me, it's not what you think. And then finally, I'm going to be doing a short interview on this same broadcast with Noel Frisch from The National File because it would appear that there is a memo circulating among the House Freedom Caucus on making President Trump the Speaker of the House, at the very least, getting rid of Kevin McCarthy. So do me a favor, sit back, relax and grab your popcorn because we're going to be right back after this. All right, my friends, welcome back. Thank you for sticking around. We have a number of exciting subjects to discuss today, but I thought maybe we should open with this latest conspiracy theory about Ron DeSantis and, of course, Dr. Anthony Fauci. And then we got to throw in Robert Redfield for good measure. So this is what was going around over the weekend. Screen captures of the Florida Secured Transaction Registry. You can find this document at floridaucc.com, and I'll give you the document number if you want to look it up yourself. And then there was also this filing here, which is from the State of Florida Uniform Commercial Code Financing Statement Form. This is a lien against property. Uh, Now, this document is included in this search result right here. But if we take a look at the information on the Florida website here, we can see it was filed on the 9th of January, 2021. uh, And it shows filings through November 8th of 2022. It looks like that's when it was closed out. But most interesting, here are two names, the secured parties, that would be Paul Michael Walters, he's the man who actually filed this, and then the Paragon Diamonds LLC, which is in Sulphur, Oklahoma, the same as Mr. Walters. Now, the debtor parties, this is where people started freaking out, saying that Ron DeSantis and Dr. Anthony Fauci and Robert Redfield were all in league together in this diamond mine in Oklahoma, because we have uh, Anthony Stephen Fauci listed, we have Robert R. Redfield listed, and we of Ronald Deion DeSantis listed. Of course, those are in uh, ascending order. Ronald Deion DeSantis being the governor of the state of Florida, Robert R. Redfield being the former head of the CDC, and then Dr. Anthony Stephen Fauci, the former head of the NIH. So people saw a screenshot of this And then sometimes they had this document contained with it, uh, and they said this must mean that Anthony Fauci and and Ron DeSantis are in league together owning a diamond mine in Oklahoma. Well, the owner of this supposed diamond mine – and I haven't been able to determine whether or not any diamonds have actually been mined there or if this is just – some sort of business cover allowing this guy to uh, to have some corporate entity. Anyway, the man's name is Paul Michael Walters, and we have a phone number and we have an email so we can use both of those things to track down some other information about him. Uh, And it's clear that that address that's listed, that company that's listed, that is connected to him. Now, Anthony Fauci, Robert Redfield, and then, of course, Ron DeSantis. This is all related to COVID. Uh, This was a debtor's lien placed against property, essentially blaming these three individuals for loss of business and loss of revenue. I also have a a letter that was uh, sent from Mr. Walters to Governor DeSantis in August of 2020. Let's go ahead and take a look at that. I can get that pulled up here on screen so you guys can see it. Uh, And you'll see that he has some grievances regarding the institution of uh, covid uh, policies such as mask mandates and, and, and so on and so forth. So it begins here going to the office of Governor Ron DeSantis from Paul M. Walters, this time in Lake Worth, Florida. But it's the same email address. And uh, he says that this is a letter to Governor DeSantis and his staff. And because he's a a free person, he is sending it in a certain way. Uh, And uh, then he goes into his grievances about why the pandemic uh, policies should not have been instituted and why he shouldn't have to go ahead and follow them. Uh, You know, I, I mean, it's pretty much standard boilerplate stuff. Uh, but it's clear that that's what this is about, because if you go and try to find anything related to Ron DeSantis and any diamond mines, you're, you're not going to find them. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at some stuff here. We've got the Paragon Diamonds LLC with Paul Walters registered there in Sulphur, Oklahoma. There are a number of other the Paragon Diamonds LLC in other states throughout the United States, but none of them are ever connected to Ron DeSantis or to Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now, if we go to Florida's SunBiz website, which is where you can look up any businesses that are registered to a particular name, you can find a number of businesses that are registered to Ron DeSantis. Now, Ron DeSantis, if he had a a company in another state, he would also have to have some type of uh, business entity here in Florida. And I know that because I have a business here in Florida. So you can see that Enterprise Florida, the State Board of Administration Finance. Finance Corporation, DeSantis Painting, Uh, And then also LSAT Freedom, LLC, and Vet Riders Incorporated. Those are all registered to Ron DeSantis. Some of them Ron D. DeSantis, which is definitely Governor DeSantis, and then others just Ron DeSantis. But they are related to state business here in the state of Florida. Uh, And we know, I can take a look at his Wikipedia right here, and you can see that his name is Ron Dion DeSantis. It's listed in the information right there. So when it's all said and done, this document is simply a lien that was filed against Ron DeSantis, Robert Redfield, and Dr. Anthony Fauci. Obviously, Paul Michael Walters has that address in Lakeland, Florida. So I think that's why he filed it here in Lakeland, Florida. Ron DeSantis being the governor of Florida, uh, he would have had the power to uh, basically kill any of these COVID policies, either shutdown of business or shutdown of schools or the forcing of masks or the forcing of inoculations, all of these things, you know, and Florida did better than pretty much anybody else, I think it's safe to say. But this document, this lien, was filed on behalf of an international tort claim, and an international tort claim is what you use when someone is interfering with your business. And if Paragon Diamonds LLC was Paul Michael Walter's business, and the COVID policies interfered with his ability to do business, well, then this is what you would do. Now, I don't believe that he was able to be successful and get anything out of it, uh, but it's certainly worth a try. And uh, you know, I got to give him uh, a hand for trying to set the people of Florida free, and maybe he could have set. A precedent that would have uh, done the same thing all across the nation. But at this point, COVID is essentially done. Uh, Nobody has to worry about uh, pretty much anything related to that stuff anymore. But the document itself does not mean, just because it has Ron DeSantis's name, Robert Redfield's name, and Anthony Fauci's name, and the name of a diamond company, that they are in business owning this diamond company. I encourage you to go ahead and check out the documents. I'm going to link in the description below. Uh, you will probably find the exact same thing I did. If anybody out there is saying that these guys own a diamond mine together, then please direct them to this video. Let them know uh, that they've got the wrong idea. I don't know if people are, are just you know hearing others saying it and then believing that they have some authority and that they've already done the research and they just trust it uh, or if they just don't understand what the documents mean. But I guarantee you just because you see these names on a document together that was filed by somebody who owns a diamond mine does not mean that Ron DeSantis, Anthony Fauci and Robert Redfield own a diamond mine together. I would be very surprised if these three ever went into business at any time in the future. One eternity later. After five days, we're getting close to the finish
1: line. We are now six days
0: removed from Election Day. One week after Election Day here in Arizona, the governor's race is still undecided.
1: Well, I tell you what, it it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. Pray that God's will will be done. What? And on that Sunday, that's what
0: we pray. What the fuck? Yeah, you heard that right. We are a week out from the election and the results in Arizona are still not finalized. Now they've stolen the Senate from Blake Masters. They appear to have stolen the Secretary of State from Mark Fincham, uh, but they are still having trouble getting to the critical number of votes that are necessary to steal the governorship from Carrie Lake. Now, you heard Barack Obama correctly there, too. Back in 2008, he was joking to a crowd in Ohio at Kent State University about how it was good for the Democrats that they controlled the voting machines, and that's a far cry from just a couple of years ago where he was saying that election fraud really didn't exist, and it does doesn't matter who controls the voting machines because they're impartial. Now, we know that to not be true at this point, and the results from this most recent election have really driven that home for a lot of people. So if they are continually messing with our election system, then what are we supposed to do about it? Well, it appears that they can do this at the federal level, uh, but when we get down to the local levels, it gets just a little bit more difficult. And there is something that I've been suggesting we do on this channel for. Uh, the last several years, so we'll get to that at the end of the show. Um, but I want to show you how it's impossible that the Democrats have been able to gain votes in the way that they have in Arizona shutting out these America First candidates. So it looks like on Election Day, only 17% of Democrats turned out to actually vote. However, Katie Hobbs and the Democrats are now winning the entire state with over 50% of the Maricopa County Election Day totals. How is that possible? If only 17% of Democrats showed up, How can over 50% of those ballots be cast for Democrats? Well, the only way that makes sense to me is if there was fraudulent activity taking place. And we know that there's all kinds of ways That that can happen, whether it's at the printers, uh, whether it's truckloads full of ballots that have been produced off site and then are delivered to Maricopa County so they can be inserted into the process. Now, we kept seeing these increases in numbers for somebody like uh, Katie Hobbs, and it just did not make any sense. Mark Fincham lost the secretary of state to Adrian Fontes, one of the least popular people in Maricopa County. I think the people of Arizona are going to be very, very angry with the results they've gotten from this most recent election. Take a look at this numbers on election day. Republicans received 52.7 percent of the vote. Other received 30.7% of the vote and the Democrats received 16.6% of the vote. It looks like we did come out in overwhelming numbers uh, in such a manner that we could have won this election if it was a free and fair election. Now, here is a final count which shows you the totals by the hour. Uh, And it goes uh, from 6 a.m. all the way up until 6 p.m. And throughout the majority of the day, we were more than 50 percent of the ballot totals every single hour. The lowest we had was 44.1 percent, still higher than the Democrats at the end of the day, but total 52.7 percent. So, again, how is it possible that the Democrats are winning this election in Arizona. Carrie Lake should have carried Arizona by about 70%. Katie Hobbs, remember, she didn't even hardly go out on the campaign trail. She was exposed by Project Veritas. We just keep seeing these ballot dumps, which give uh, Katie Hobbs the edge in every single count. Now, as the talking heads mentioned at the beginning of this segment, the election totals have not been fully counted there in Maricopa County, and they continue to bring more ballots. And we're looking at tens of thousands of more ballots. So there could be a possibility that they may allow Kerry Lake to win this election. But if that happens, uh, I'm going to be very surprised at this point. Now, Many people are saying that the GOP needs to embrace mail-in voting, and I think that that is a mistake, and so does the author of this article. We didn't lose because we didn't send in enough mail-in ballots. Well, I guess maybe in a manner of speaking we did because the Democrats cheated with the mail-in ballots, and the GOP doesn't want to cheat. We want to do it the honest way. But I ask you, is it possible to win the honest way if the only way is the dishonest way? The methods of cheating that they used in 2020 still existed in 2022. And so they were able to slide this one through in all of the most important areas. Uh, and now Kevin McCarthy is trying to become Speaker of the House again, should we maintain that uh, that majority there. Uh, and hopefully that's not going to happen either. That's going to be in the last segment of this show. But the issue remains, all of the the problems with these elections, electronic voting machine, uh, mail-in ballots, uh, the inability to clean up the voter rolls, these are the reasons why we continue to lose these elections. And it looks like we've entered into this period in history where the powers that be, the elites, uh, are happy to just steal the elections from us because they believe that we can't do anything about it. Well, for the last several years, I've been telling you, that we need to take over at the local level because local politics uh, are really everything. Everything filters up from the local level. They choose the next candidates from that local pool. Uh, They choose the next leadership from that local pool. If you're in your county GOP, then you can set the agenda. Uh, If you're in your county commissioner's office, then you can decide whether or not your county uses electronic voting machines. If we can get in at the ground floor, it may take some time 10, 15, 20 years, but by that point, we may be at such a level and have such a sustained amount of power in regional areas that we could exert real power on the federal level and on the national scale. Take a look at Florida, for example. Down here, Republicans have essentially total control of the state. If we continue to try to do this same thing in every state all across the country, or at least the ones where we have a majority right now, and give the leadership in office currently a reason to move on our agenda, uh, then it's very possible we can kind of spread this success throughout the nation. Because right now, the Democrats and the Republicans uh, seem to be working together. Uh, They are happy to give this minor boost every other election or so. Uh, and hand off power to one party so that they can continue to screw up in the way that the last party did. I'll be very surprised if we end up getting control of uh, the House here and anything changes in a significant manner. Yes, there are going to be people who will fight for the American public uh, and who will attempt to institute our agenda. But if someone like Kevin McCarthy is Speaker of the House, uh, if people like Joe Biden or you know any of these other rhinos on our side end up gaining power, then there's no way that anything is going to get through. Uh, This is why we need to focus on the local levels, focus on our state legislatures and focus on our local politicians. We need to become those local politicians because that's the only way that I am starting to believe that we're going to be able to gain any power or any traction when we can set the agenda at that local area. Uh, I'm going to take you now. To a very interesting article that just came out in the National File, we've spoken on the channel before about the possibility of President Trump becoming Speaker of the House. That could be a game changer. And right now, because Kevin McCarthy is so unpopular because he essentially screwed the pooch all across the nation on these House races, it's a very, very real possibility that President Trump could actually become Speaker of the House. And I have some action items for you as a result of this. So joining me right now is Noel Frisch from the National File. All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to this very special episode of Red Pill News. Joining me right now is Noel Frisch from The National File. Noel, thank you so much for joining me on such short notice. Yes, sir. Happy to be here. Excellent. So uh obviously I've asked you to come here because we have this uh pretty stunning article that came out in your publication earlier. Nuke Bombshell, House Freedom Caucus Memo details plans to elect Donald Trump Speaker of the House. Now This is something that's kind of been bandied around for quite some time. But I think that given the results we've seen very recently in this midterm election, uh, the possibilities become, uh, you know, a a lot greater for this to actually happen. Is this something that could really take place?
1: So uh, there's two answers to that. Legally and constitutionally, yes, this Mm -hmm. can happen. Even Liz Cheney is actually out there talking about the possibility that you could have a Speaker Trump and very – uh, scary for conservatives uh, it, We could actually have a speaker Liz Cheney even though she's not a member of the U.S. House. Mm-hmm. The Constitution does not require That the speaker be a member of the U.S. House. Um, and so the, the short answer is uh, yes it can't happen Politically what we're going to hear from all Of the uh, tripping birds in D.C. And their mockingbird media uh, is That uh, no this can't happen They'll tell you that, that they're lying To you okay they're they're abusing you They're controlling you and you are being stock that is mm-hmm. what is happening and uh the, the ultimate reality is this. Um, there is something called the motion to vacate the chair, and it was removed recently by Nancy. It historically uh, was always in place. And it, what it means is one member of the House can actually bring forth a motion to vacate the chair, to remove the speaker who is sitting in the chair and uh, p- pick a new speaker, have, call a new election for speaker. And what that means, in effect, is the speaker serves at the pleasure of the entire uh, conference, the majority party who is in power, in the Congress, in the US House. And so right now, it's obviously looking like Kevin is not going to enjoy the the majority of the conference. And so I think folks need to be on the lookout for a couple of things. You're going to see a Republican leadership that's going to openly start talking about uh, working with Democrats. Uh, You might very well see a Kevin McCarthy or somebody who he chooses. If it if it if it comes out that yeah, Kevin McCarthy is going to be moved aside and maybe Steve Scalise steps up or some other lackey that they have there. There's And there's tons of them. It's like a game of whack-a-mole. Uh-huh. It uh, takes the gavel for Kevin. Uh, be on the lookout for that. The who that uh, leadership speaker might be taking whole tons of votes, 20, 30, 40, 50 votes. Okay. A block of votes bigger than the size of the Freedom Caucus so that they can move through their uniparty agenda. Right. Um, and so that's what we're trying to avoid. We Look, look at the last couple of years. I don't think most right thinking Americans think or believe that any Republican office holder anywhere needs to be compromising with a Democrat elected official no. despite the fact that they the Republican Party engineered this bogus, I call it a little pink trickle. Uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy has a little pink trickle, that's what I like to say. <laughs> uh, and so it's just tiny. His little pink trickles uh, it, it, you can't see it uh, anyway, it's barely uh, there. It, it, they engineered this. They engineered this. They did. They've been working on it. It's not a surprise to Kevin McCarthy that he has a thin majority. I've had sourcing inside the U.S. House that Kevin's been working on a power sharing agreement with Nancy Pelosi (laughs) going back into March of 2021. And what what does that look like? That looks like literally Kevin and Nancy sit down with maps and lists of the seats and who looks like what, because they were they were redrawing the seats after the elect the consent, the the, uh, census, rather. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we had a new map and they said, okay, I want to protect These. Nancy says, I want to protect these. We'll fight over these. We'll make it look like we're fighting over these. But ultimately, we're going to come together and work together uh, to pass all of the stuff that uh, our corporate puppet masters tell Mm -hmm. us to pass, which is the same stuff. Kevin's not trying to pass anything any different than what Nancy wants to pass. They're working on the same agenda. Um, So that's what's going on, uh, big picture. Um, And then as we zoom into this memorandum and maybe having a wartime war footing House Speaker, you're looking at potentially uh, elevating somebody into power who can uh, actually wield the gavel with some authority and get some things done for the people. Uh, There's there's just so much that we need to get done. That's just not uh, getting done. Yeah, Um, there's all this uh, election fraud. There's uh, how about this FTX? Scandal going on right now. Sam Bankman freed. Yes. (laughs) I mean, look, they're they're offshoring U.S. Treasury dollars to Ukraine. The Ukraine launders them through Bitcoin uh, uh, currency uh, wallets on the Mm -hmm. Internet. And then they they move the uh, they onshore. They re onshore the dollars to the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Uh, You know, people should be doing uh, not, not not just jail time. this is this is coup type of stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're looking at an ongoing coup, I think, that a lot of folks realize that we've been looking at for the last six years now since yep. President Trump was elected.
0: No, absolutely. Um, so with with this this memo circulating among the House Freedom Caucus, I mean, any idea on how many people in Congress have actually seen this or, or, or how many votes we might have so that we can make this thing happen?
1: Well, so it's important that folks understand that the Freedom Caucus is not monolithic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certainly sort of tranches or tiers of conservatism, uh, even within the Freedom Caucus. And in fact, Kevin has been sending in guys from the left uh, to sort of uh, infiltrate the Freedom Caucus. And so Mm. it's getting bigger and bigger. In fact, one of Jim Jordan's top staffers told me, we want the Freedom Caucus to be as big as we can possibly get it. And I was like, I don't think you understand how this works, honey. You do not want a big Freedom Caucus, especially now that you got a thin majority, razor thin majority with with, uh, Kevin's little pink trickle. It's a thin majority. You can control that Republican conference with five votes, eight votes, 10 votes. So we just need like 10 super staunch conservatives. And that's, I, I think, the purpose of this memo uh, is 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 all those conservative folks who are at the very top of the Freedom Caucus, who are desirous of seeing these things play out in a debate. They want to have a debate ar- around these ideas. Mm-hmm. They want to have a debate about whether the majority party is actually going to uh, allow the uh, motion to vacate the chair to come back. They want to talk about if, if we're going to have maybe uh, some real investigations into J6, if we're going to release those tens of thousands of hours from of J6 footage so we can see if uh, the president of the Senate and actually the, the the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell were involved with Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. on helping this J6 operation play out together with the feds, as we're now learning what's happening with Stuart Rhodes is number two guy who was a fed. New mm-hmm. York Times reported last week. Yep. We, we 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 need to have a conversation around. Is the speaker going to? Uh, I- initiate um, a Huac committee, House on american Affairs Committee, uh, Huac 2.0. Yep. Uh, the, some of your uh, viewers might know about Huac. It was uh, actually launched in the 30s against uh, commies and uh, or against uh, Nazis rather, and then it was repurposed mm-hmm. during the 40s and 50s. And, and Joe McCarthy famously used it against the communists. And then about 75, when we started doing big business with China, they got rid of the Huac. Well, we need to bring back the Huac um we need to dig into the first amendment stuff okay and uh some of the conservative members of the freedom caucus are absolutely talking about doing some of this stuff having some select committees to dig into all of the fraud on november 3rd 2020 and like like i said mentioned earlier the the operation that they foisted on us on uh, january 6th 2021 Mm -hmm. which is becoming increasingly clear that that's what that was absolutely um and and so yeah look the, the the Here's the thing. Matt Gates was talking very openly about Speaker Trump. Mm-hmm. Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking very openly about Speaker Trump. And she was she she raised millions of dollars talking about impeaching Joe Biden. Uh, don't you think that the House Speaker who gets elected right now ought to be talking about impeaching Joe Biden? Absolutely. Well, Kevin McCarthy has taken that off the table entirely. Yet this morning, Marjorie Taylor Greene goes on the Steve Bannon show, The War Room as if they're at war. I'm not sure what they're doing. I, and I like Steve. Steve's a buddy. But Steve, did, did Steve, I got to ask him. I haven't seen the show yet. Did Steve ask her about her former campaign to impeach the, the, the president and how that clashes with her now newfound good good butt buddy, uh, Kevin McCarthy, who is promising not to impeach Joe Biden? I don't know if Bannon asked her that question or not. Uh, if he didn't, I got to ask, what's he doing over there? I have a lot of friends who watch the war room and hey. They need to hear that this kind of stuff is not being asked about. Yes, Um, yes. it's really it's really bad.
0: That's a betrayal. Um, That's absolutely a betrayal. If if Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to drop that now after having raised so much money, I mean, she's been like one of the most vocal people in the House. Uh, And and certainly we need more people talking about holding the Biden crime family to account. But if she's going to drop it, then who else is going to bother talking about it at this point? I mean, uh, that's pretty frustrating. Yeah. Yes, sir. That, that's absolutely correct. Uh, it, look, and if I'm a donor
1: uh, to Marjorie Taylor Greene, I've given her 50 bucks, 500 bucks, 5,000 bucks because she said she was going to impeach Joe Biden. And now here she is saying, no, nah, we don't need to do that. Never mind. I was just kidding. So I could have your money. Yeah, I'm going to call Marjorie Taylor Greene's campaign and ask for a refund today. That right. If I'm a donor to her, I'm asking for a refund today because it just turns out that that whole thing was a sham. And that's fraud look, brother, hey, uh, Stephen Bannon knows <laughs> about uh, fraud allegations. Is New York State going to bring Marjorie Taylor Greene up on fraud? I bet you they might.
0: Well, that would certainly be interesting. All right. Uh, we are out of time for today, Noel, but I just want to let everybody know you're going to be back this, uh, well, potentially this Saturday. I'm shooting for this Saturday, 9 p.m. We're going to go over this in detail. Do you happen to have a copy of this memo you can bring for us and we can actually see it? I You te- text me your uh, email offline and i'll shoot you that thing okay will do will do awesome uh and until then you can check out the article in the description below at nationalfile.com any other uh information you want to give the audience
1: uh yeah look it's just it's really important that folks know that uh, kevin mccarthy and the republican Party were working against america first maga movement and donald trump this whole last two years absolutely december uh, november the 9th was made that very obvious and going forward it's really important to cut through the noise the things that we need from the Freedom Caucus going into the election of the speaker is we have to have a speaker who gives us regular order. And we have to, it sounds geeky and dweeby to say I sound like a dweeb saying it. Parliamentary procedure. We have to have the motion to vacate the chair. We have to have those two things at minimum, plus all the other stuff we mentioned uh, earlier in the show. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. We've seen what compromise and capitulation brings us. And that's the horrific future that we're living in right now. So it's time to play hardball. I'm totally on board with this. And I look forward to having you back on the show, Noel, uh, so that we can go on this in more depth. So thank you very much for being here. All right. Thanks again to Noel. If you'd like to read that article, you can find it in the description below. I am going to be doing what I can to get you guys a copy of that memo. But let's go ahead and look at the conversation surrounding this. Obviously, we've been talking about this for a while. It has been suggested in conservative circles. And now it would appear that the Democrats are starting to really get a bit of stage fright about whether or not this could actually happen. Over the weekend, Jamie Raskin appeared on a Sunday morning talking head show, Face the Nation, and he said that there is political contamination of the GOP by Donald Trump. I would say that's an unfair characterization, but it is fair to say that Donald Trump transformed confirmed. The rank and file of the GOP. Certainly, he was an influence and somebody who really uh, put a lot of people on the road to doing something to save their country in the same way that he did. Now, he is claiming that people in the Republican Party are talking about Donald Trump being the Speaker of the House. And it's not a lie because, as I showed you, we have this memo that is circulating throughout the House Freedom Caucus. Now, Fox 13 is also reporting on this. Could Donald Trump be Speaker of the House? How is the House leader chosen. They essentially go through Jamie Raskin's claim and they validate the fact that, yes, Donald Trump could be made Speaker of the House. There is a constitutional path to this. Now, Donald Trump as Speaker of the House is is a subject that Marjorie Taylor Green has stated on a number of occasions she would support. Except now, Earlier today, she claimed on War Room with Steve Bannon that we have to support none other than Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy, who lost a massive number of House races all across the nation because his NRCC failed to support the people that needed his support. Unfortunately, the National Republican Party is completely defunct at this point. We need to get rid of Ronnie McDaniel. we got to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. We need somebody in the House leadership who is going to display actual Leadership. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene saying that not backing McCarthy opens the door for Liz Cheney is an absolute non starter, as far as I'm concerned, because it's liberals who are suggesting that Liz Cheney should be speaker if the Democrats take control of the House. So essentially, Liz Cheney would be their, I don't know, their their puppet plaything. This is not going to happen when Republicans control the House. Uh, this is not something that Republicans want. Liz Cheney is as unpopular as you can possibly get both in Washington, D.C. and out. Liz Cheney is about as desirable as a case of blight on your potato patch. Liz Cheney is like a case of leprosy at the Miss America pageant. Liz Cheney is as desirable as a case of herpes at a Washington, D.C. orgy. Nobody wants her. Everybody knows she's political poison. And I think that Marjorie claiming that she might actually get Speaker of the House if we don't support McCarthy is an absolute ridiculous statement. And as Noel said, Marjorie campaigned, took in millions of dollars, telling people that President Trump would be supported as Speaker of the House. And if she gets into that position there and she doesn't support President Trump and somebody puts his name up, well, then I think we're going to have to have a real honest conversation about Marjorie and her politics and where she's going because as it stands right now, the leaders in Washington who do not support the will of the people are in active defiance of the people and our will. We are sick and tired of the games. We are sick and tired of the manipulation. We are sick and tired of these people pretending like they're on two different sides of the aisle and then closing the doors and going to lunch together and laughing about how badly they're screwing all of us over. We simply cannot stand for this any longer. And I've been telling you for a long time that it's time to get involved. It's time to get activated. It's time to become an activist in your home area in your community and if you haven't done that yet then hopefully this most recent election this most recent fraud this most recent example of how horribly corrupt the system is is going to be enough to get you up out of that seat out the door and start planning how we're going to take back our country now i just want to be very clear with everybody i'm not blackpilling i'm not saying all is lost But I'm saying it's time for some righteous indignation. It is time for you to be angry about the way we've been manipulated, about the way they have taken advantage of our trust and the way they've taken advantage of our systems that have been set up here designed to fail, designed to screw us out of our ability to govern ourselves. They are selecting people. We are not electing people. And once again, they've shown us how easy it is to do it. Doesn't matter if it's a single presidential election doesn't matter if it's happening all over the nation we have to be the ones to set the stage for the next chapter of america and the only way that's going to happen is if you become active if you become the next generation of political leaders here in america not all of you can do that i know i know maybe maybe one percent if ten percent of you did it i would be so pleased But all I want is for you guys to hear me on this and to recognize that we have to be out in the streets. We have got to be doing this stuff ourselves. We can't trust anybody else to do it. And somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene, if you donated to her, yes, you need to call her. You need to call her and ask her why suddenly now that we have a real opportunity to elect Donald Trump as the Speaker of the House, she isn't supporting it. Why in the world would she support Kevin McCarthy? What did he promise her? Probably some very nice committee appointments and maybe some other luxury items as well. Who knows? Hopefully that's not the case. Marjorie, if you hear this, I want you to recognize that the people of this country would want President Trump as Speaker of the House. Maybe that'll never happen. But I'll tell you one thing we don't want. And that's another term with Kevin freaking McCarthy. I want to thank everyone for joining me. As always, this has been Red Pill 78. My name is Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector, and this was another edition of Red Pill News. Good luck, everyone, and God bless.